SFFN listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy, because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Jen Northington. I'm recording on July 15th, and today I'm going to talk about some disabled characters slash disabled writers in science fiction and fantasy in honor of July being Disability Pride Month. This is a relatively new thing, so if you haven't heard about it before, now you've heard. Maybe you already knew, in which case, awesome. But yes, Disability Pride Month is a thing. We have lots of great content on Book Riot, as always, um, but we're going to talk some sci-fi and fantasy about that. Okay, so before we get into that, oh, I do want to say a quick shout out that we have a job opening. You can come work with us here at The Riot. We are hiring an editorial operations associate, which is actually the team that I work on, editorial operations. Um, So if you love getting into the nitty gritty of behind the scenes work, we are some looking for someone to help us keep our metaphorical content trains running smoothly. We are committed to building an inclusive workforce, and we strongly encourage applications from women, individuals with disabilities, and folks of color. And you can apply online, bookriot.com slash join us. Scroll down a bit, you'll see the listing, and the application deadline is the end of the day on August 8th. So if that's you or someone you know, please do do that. Okay, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Sourcebooks Landmark. So King Solomon says something very interesting to his son before he dies, and that is, quote, don't let the white man take the house, end quote. These, as I just mentioned, are King Solomon's last words to his son as he dies. Now, all four Solomon siblings must return to North Carolina to save the kingdom, their ancestral home, and 200 acres of land from a development company. Told in alternating viewpoints, Long After We Are Gone by Tara Shelton Harris is a searing portrait of the power of family and letting go of things that no longer serve you, exploring the burden of familial expectations, the detriment of miscommunication, and the lessons and legacies we pass on to our children. It's an explosive and emotional story of four siblings, each fighting their own personal battle, because who isn't, who return home in the wake of their father's death. Make sure to check out Long After We Are Gone by Tara Shelton Harris. And thanks again to Sourcebooks Landmark for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds. College student Blake and her girlfriend have one goal, join the exclusive sorority that promises connections to a network of trailblazing women of color. Now, Ella's acceptance is a sure thing. She's a daughter of a Serena Society alum. After all, Blake, on the other hand, lacks Ella's pedigree and her confidence. Luckily, though really unluckily, she finds courage at the bottom of a liquor bottle. When she drinks, she's bold and funny, and as pledging intensifies, so does Blake's drinking. Ella assures her that she's fine, partying hard is what it takes, but with her future on the line, Blake must decide how far she's willing to go to achieve glittering dreams of success. Now, just so you know, Jazz Hammonds is the 2023 winner of the Credit Scott King John Steptoe Award for New Talent for We Deserve Monuments, and We Deserve Monuments was an Amazon Best Books of the Year and Barnes & Noble Best Books of the Year for 2023, so suffice to say, y'all should check this new one out. Thanks again to Thirsty by Jazz Hammonds for sponsoring this episode. 
All right. So as I was doing research for this little mini-sode, I realized that actually a lot of the titles that we've talked about over on the main show, um, including ones that I've read, have disability rep in them, either on the creator side or the character side or both. But we don't always necessarily call it out, which I think is interesting. And I don't know that we necessarily should, but I also don't know that we necessarily shouldn't, right? Like, it's a nuanced topic. Um, But it was just interesting to me to see that while we often recommend books that do have disabled or neurodivergent characters, we don't always necessarily talk about that. So that's something I'm going to be thinking about. And uh, let's see, where do I want to start? I have like so many notes for this, y'all. This probably could have been a full show, but I wanted to do an episode about it and I had this opportunity. So here we are. Um, Let's just dive into my fantasy pick, which is actually the issue number 30, Disabled People Destroy Fantasy from Uncanny Magazine. I was actually, this was funded through Kickstarter and I was a backer like way back in, I want to say like 2019, maybe it's been out for a few years now. Yeah, 2019. And it's an awesome issue. If we've talked about how, you know, literary magazines are out here doing the most. And this is just another example. It's a special themed issue guest edited by Nicolette Barishoff, uh, Lisa M. Bradley and Catherine Duckett. And this has amazing stories and essays and poetry in it. I'm going to focus on the... Oh, there's interviews too, by the way. Um, I'm going to focus on the fiction part of it for a moment because there are a few stories in particular that I was just like, Um, And I do want to say before I start talking about it that there was no requirement that the authors write about disability, just that the creators themselves identify as part of the disabled community. And so... Sometimes there is representation in the stories and sometimes there's not. And that's sort of the point, right, is that like everybody should get to choose what they write about. And this is no exception. Uh, There's a really cool rewrite of Beauty and the Beast by Aisha U. Farah called The Tailor and the Beast that I was like not prepared for. (laughs) I started reading it and I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then it just went places that it's so funny. It's kind of light, but it's really surprising. I just was really enchanted by it. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because, again, I think the surprise factor is one of the best things about this story. So I'm not going to tell you any more details. But like if you like fairy tale retellings, this is definitely one that you are not going to to want to miss. Uh, Toji Onibuchi, who we talk about all the time on the show, has a great story slash very disturbing story, which is, you know, that's kind of how Onibuchi rolls. Uh, it's called The Fifth Day, and it's sort of like a supernatural, maybe it's ghosts, maybe it's monsters, maybe it's gods, maybe what? Like, what's happening in this story? It takes a minute. I mean, it takes a couple minutes to really become clear what is happening. And it is so cleverly done. There's a little bit of like a cyclical quality to it that I was just so enraptured by. Um, It does go some dark places like content warnings for child death, general death. Uh, It's a lot of death is, is in that story. But 
Oh, it's it's such a hit. It's so well done. And there are also stories by, you know, Sarah Gailey, who y'all know who that is. Um, there's some great essays, like I was saying. Uh, Day al-Muhammad is in here. Somebody has written, oh, Kara Car- Leibowitz writes an ode to the works of Shannon McGuire. Like, there's lots of great stuff in here. So if you are trying to find more writers to follow or you want more stories by and about disabled folks in your eyeballs, this particular issue of Uncanny Magazine is such a great starting point and will give you so much food for thought. Again, that's issue 30, Disabled People Destroy Fantasy. And I'm going to leave a link to it in the show notes. You can buy it. It's totally worth it. You should do that. Uncanny Magazine is just, there's a whole series of these, uh, Destroy, um, that have gone on a couple different platforms, Uncanny and Lightspeed, um, and they're all worth seeking out, in my opinion. All right, so my science fiction pick is actually, I'm lying to you, it's paranormal, it's paranormal, (laughs) it's not actually science fiction, I'll be honest. It is Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. I mentioned that Shannon McGuire, who is Mira Grant, same person, um, got a shout out in an essay uh, in that Uncanny Magazine issue, and Into the Drowning Deep is a creature feature, actually some reviewers were calling it Jurassic Park but mermaids which I thought was a little misleading but also kind of not that wrong so if you like an actiony adventure story this is definitely that and it is about a ship that is going on a like pseudo scientific mission there's a lot of different people involved there's like camera crews there's scientists there's game hunters all of these people to go and try to find out If the Mariana Trench is actually home to mermaids because there was a mockumentary made years before and the crew and the ship that made the mockumentary went missing and all they recovered was some very disturbing footage. And one of the crew members on this, you know, second ship, uh, for example, is Tori, whose sister was on the original ship and was lost at sea. And she has been desperate to know what happened. She became a marine biologist. Um, This is like her whole life is organized around this. And there are quite a few characters. There's lots of representation for disability and neurodivergence. Uh, There's an autistic uh, TV presenter who's a fantastic character. There are deaf scientists. There are, there's just a lot of different, uh, it's a very inclusive cast. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a super inclusive cast. And I think there is just the way that they all interact with each other and with the plot is so compelling. Like the the different strengths that this ensemble cast each bring to this adventure are really well utilized. And you are going to get so attached and so stressed out. <laughs> like these are monster mermaids, right? Like that, that we don't know if they're real or not, but like you can kind of guess. Um, and it is a really intense journey. And I really, really, really loved it. And yeah, there's it's actually got a prequel as well to it. Um, so there's more where that came from. So again, that is Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. And I wanted to give you like a few more resources because, you know, this is an area that I'm still really learning in, despite having some chronic conditions myself and having friends who are disabled. I just still really struggle with um 
you know, the language and knowing, like un unprogramming all of the negative stereotypes and behaviors around disability that I grew up with, uh, for better or for worse. And so this is something I'm always trying to unpack. There's some, there's always more I can be doing. Um, and in my researches, I discovered, first of all, I didn't know about the freeze test, which was coined by Kenny Freeze, uh, who is a writer. And the, the freeze test for fiction asks, does a work have more than one disabled character? Do the disabled characters have their own narrative purpose other than the education and profit of a non-disabled character? And is the character's disability not eradicated either by curing or killing? These are all really important points. And if you think about those criteria, you'll begin to see how limited the representation of disabled folks has been in popular culture. And this is like a low bar, right? Like it's like the Betchel test, but you know, it's, it is, it's a very low bar. Um, and Nicola Griffith, who is a fantastic SFF writer and also a disability activist, uh, has put together a list of fiction that passes that test. And there's a lot of great books on here. Some of them that you may have already read, like, you know, Game of Thrones is actually on this list, right? Um, some of them that we've talked about on the show before, Everfair by Nisi Shaw, for example. Uh, so you'll find a lot to love in here and maybe some new reads to get you going. And it looks like it's still being maintained. There's some very recent reads on here. So it's a great list, a great starting place if this is something that you want to dive more into, which I highly recommend. There's lots of great literature out there that deserves our love and attention all year round, not just in July. But July is a great time to highlight it and talk about it a little bit more. All right, so that has been uh, a couple picks to get you started for Disability Pride Month. Thank you so much, as always, to our sound editor, Caitlin Bream. Uh, thanks to you all for listening. Super appreciate you. You can email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. We don't always respond, but we do read every email. We appreciate the cat pictures, the theme ideas, the feedback. We love it all. Thank you so much. Uh, if you would like to review us, we also super appreciate that. You can do that on on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Podchaser, anywhere you can leave a review, please do. It helps other folks to find us. And speaking of finding us, uh, when I'm not on social media hiatus, you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, or on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.